Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Gerald Borgay, and Espo. The whole squad together once again. Don't sound so thrilled. <laughs> Finally. Well, I almost. I almost didn't make it, y'all. I how almost many, didn't make it. How many times have we rehired Saul by now? Like eight. Is this five? Yeah, a million. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Thank you. Appreciate that. Are you happy to be here? <laughs> I'm glad to have you. I'm a million percent happy to be back. It's been a while. I feel like I've I've missed you guys for a while. I know. It's I'm, been a long time. Until like 15 seconds before the show started. I was like, oh, yeah. Maybe I didn't miss you guys that <laughs> yeah, much. I'm loving the purple kicks. You brought those back too. I did. I did. Yeah. It's a purpley day. Well, I'm glad we're all here because we've got a whole bunch to talk about today. Obviously, we've got more uh Sun's internal organizational news, if you will. We've got some fun things to talk about. And then we are introducing a new segment that we are calling Burning Questions. We're going to be answering some of the top questions leading up to the start of this new Sun season. We'll get to that shortly. But first, let's start with things happening inside the Sun's organization. So like yeah, last night, we got a report from Baxter Holmes that Jason Rowley spoke to the employees at the Suns in an all-staff meeting yesterday where he sort of answered some of their (laughs) questions Mm -hmm. about things like further disciplinary actions for leadership, why top leaders in the company sided with Sarver initially, and so much more. So let's talk about it. How is that guy the voice of this, right? He's been there since 2008. He's the guy that that the employees were asking questions about. HR should have run that meeting. I do not understand how he could answer the, oh, potential disciplinary actions for upper management. Who it could be him talking about how they initially responded to uh, to the investigation and the report. Which was in large part him, and when they they slandered Baxter Holmes, like this this seems like more of the same. Uh, but obviously, new ownership is going to mean new leadership. So, uh, but like like he told all the employees, at, at least Sam Garvin, the guy that's a friend of Robert Sarver, is holding the wheel. So it all should be okay. I, I was just laughing because they were asking about like 
okay, so a year ago or whatever it was when this ESPN report came out, some of you all signed your name behind Sarver. All of you had your statements like, what's up with that? And he just basically cited the statement they were about to release to the public, which did nothing to mitigate that whole disaster. Um, you know, telling people that leadership starts at the top, he's not wrong, but like, Jesus Christ, dude, you have to like look in a mirror for God's sake. I, I think we actually have, uh, someone sent us this, a, uh, live look at Jason Rowley leading this meeting, looking for corrective action of the sun's <laughs> leaders. It's SpongeBob looking for that wanted maniac. I, I, I can't understand the, like, how do you not see the hypocrisy of telling a room full of people, well, like, it's, it's oh, very, we're going to correct this action? It's very much a Dwight Schrute move. <laughs> like, I am assembling a task force to figure out who shot the gun in the office, even though everybody knows you're the one that shot the gun in the office. Like, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We've talked about this a million times. Uh, again, and I said it day one, like, he should go. He should absolutely go. He's on the hook for a lot of this, too, because he didn't stand up to anything. And so uh, I'm, yeah, that was ridiculous. I, and how the day that the owner who's you've been carrying water for announces he's selling the team, which is effectively your job's coming to an end soon. You still have the gall to stand in front of these people uh, and, and have that conversation is, is ridiculous. And it starts at the top. So does failure. All mm -hmm. right. When we've seen plenty of that in this whole situation. I will say, though, at least in this most recent statement that we got from the Suns, we finally got a an apology of sorts. They literally said, as we've shared with our employees, we acknowledge the courage of the people who came forward in this process to tell their stories and apologize to those hurt. Listen. So at least we finally, one whole year later, after calling people liar no. after liar after yeah. liar, we finally got it. After listen. basically pressuring them not yeah. to talk to anybody. Like, listen, like... I'm not going to bag on some social media, and especially the people that, that have to execute some of the orders that come from above. Right. But I will say this. I take no stock in anything that account has to say about anything in that organization right now because of the way they just tried to completely bury this at the front and say, oh, there's nothing here. This is completely – this is all malicious lies and blah, 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 like full of shit. And we all knew it at the time. We're like, dude, how can you even possibly – come out and say this, we've heard rumblings and rumors of this for years, mm -hmm. for years. The, the, the fact that all these people could possibly be wrong, especially when they came out and said 70 plus at the time came out and, and, and disagreed with, with basically the way the organization was being run for them to come out on a, on a social media account led by a, an NBA franchise and say, these are all blasphemous and you should take no stock into it and basically fuck this. Uh, it was just atrocious, and I take no stock into anything that account produces outside of highlights. It wasn't. It wasn't just social media, though. They sent those as statements to the media mm -hmm. as well, with threatening defamation lawsuits yeah. at the beginning. Like mm -hmm. we will bring legal action, and now it's, oh yeah, forget that ever happened. Uh, we'll figure out what's going on. No. Like, right. You yeah. you read a lot of the topics that came up in this meeting and it reeks of someone else who doesn't understand the severity of this whole situation, you know, that he apologized to those who quote unquote had an unpleasant experience. Yeah. Like How, what the my fuck? Head, if you were sitting in that meeting, your head must have wanted to explode when you hear that phrase. An unpleasant experience. Right. This isn't like eating something bad in, on a fucking cruise ship. Like what? <laughs> I, 
much. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. The air wasn't on today. That's an unpleasant experience. Uh, all right? I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to put anybody on blast or anything like that. But I mean, like, yeah, I, it's just ridiculous. Uh, also, I am kind of stunned that nobody was like, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Time the fuck out. Who are you even talking to right now? It doesn't sound like they had the chance to speak. These were pre- submitted questions mm -hmm. so and it sounded like it was a phone call not oh, not an actual meeting I, so, which hey how about absolutely no accountability in your so meeting? i've been a part of a Zoom i've yeah. i've been a part of these meetings before where uh you can solicit your questions beforehand mm -hmm. and then they selectively pick mm -hmm. and then it's basically a one-on-one -on -one interview and you have no chance to like step in and say anything that's what i assume this this was all going about which is just like the most asshole and weak yeah. way to run a Zoom It's call. not like you can unmute yourself and be like, excuse me, can you please explain further or elaborate more on that? Because you didn't answer the question. Yeah, what, right. what What do you mean by unpleasant experience? Can we, can we dive into that right. a bit? I really hope he did this on Zoom with one of those fake green screen backgrounds because he's packing <laughs> the shit in his office already uh, and he didn't want anybody noticing that. Probably not. Probably, yeah, probably, no, probably not. That requires self-awareness, so. You know what, though, like, shout out to Baxter Holmes mm -hmm. for getting the inside scoop on all of this stuff and still keeping us in the know on how things are still being run over there. I, I was on ESPN's ass, and I still am because I feel like they, they mess up quite a bit for a large organization like that. Um, especially when you go back to like the U of A stuff and Mark Schlebaugh and just like the, the sloppy kind of way they went about putting out evidence and stuff like that with Baxter from day one, I felt like, uh, he had everything basically pinpointed. He's had, he had it sourced by multiple people and you could believe in what he was saying. And everybody did for the most part on the outside, the inside didn't, they had no wherewithal whatsoever, but the outside, um, absolutely. We all, we all believed it. We've all heard the stories, um, and talking to multiple different people. And I'm glad that he stuck to his guns and didn't back down and ESPN backed him up. And, um, and now we're here and he was right. And so they, they, they gained a little bit of more favor in, in my book. Let's be honest. This yesterday's piece was probably the easiest reporting Baxter's ever had to do because I guarantee like 15 people texted him. <laughs> you won't believe what we just had to sit through. Yeah. Put um, him in the ring of honor. <laughs> yeah, at least Baxter get a statue. Put yes. him in the ring of honor. At least get that man a banner somewhere in this city. <laughs> you know what? We can we can always hand, hang a banner here if we want. We can start our own Just ring of honor. One of those fancy portraits of Baxter Holmes in the background. <laughs> oh my god! Prepare for it. So uh, Baxter also shared some information yesterday on his Twitter account. Um, this one said, even though Robert Sarver does not own the Phoenix Suns in full, sources told ESPN that Sarver has the authority as the team's managing partner to sell the team in full. Currently, Sarver owns about one third of the team, which answers a question that we asked yesterday when we were talking about maybe some potential buyers. Um, so there you go. Mm -hmm. If that report is true, based on the sources that he spoke to via ESPN, Sarver does have the authority to just sell this team outright. I'm sure whoever it's split up based on how many shares you you hold percentage wise of the sale. There's, but there's no doubt in my mind that Robert Sarver will sell this franchise and and everybody else will have to go along with it honestly i mean like they, it, it, and i think there's also a little bit of like i don't know if it's pettiness 
But I wonder if that was part of the motivation on selling. Like, well, if I can't have this team and I keep getting, you know, put through the ringer, then you guys can't have it either. Because yeah. uh, I know there was rumblings about, you know, other guys or other people stepping up to to want to take a majority ownership. And so I, I think it's good. I think you should you should just clean house, clean slate, get a new uh, group of owners in here. Uh, or an ownership group in here because you need a new start. You need a new start from top to bottom. You need you need a new set of eyes that's going to look at every aspect of this organization and get rid of the people that don't need to be there. And I'm going to tell you right now, I guarantee half those people that are working for that organization, once the sale goes through, will be gone. Now, that, that's not even and a doubt. Any of those that have any involvement whatsoever with the behavior for sure, I I find it very interesting. He got quite the sweetheart deal in his contract in signing this because supposedly it was next to impossible for the minority owners to vote him out. Then when it's time to sell, only owning one third of it, he still has all the power in who he sells it to, how much, all those things. That's that's a pretty impressive deal that he got back in 2004 with these guys. Mm-hmm. But there are some more owners who have reportedly been linked to the Suns or at least sharing their interest in mm-hmm. the Suns. As mm-hmm. well, you want to tell us more about Let's that? Do it. Yeah, the first one I'm really interested in, uh, a local group that we know well from mm-hmm. Mesa. So they'd be hometown owners. Our friends at Jimmy World said, we're going to buy the Suns. <laughs> I love that. To which I replied, it just takes some time. <laughs> That's uh, definitely true. But uh, in some serious. <laughs> I'll get that. It's a lyric from their most from famous Jimmy song. Oh. Just middle. take some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be all right. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> you would know it if you heard it. Would I? Yes. yes. It was everywhere for a decade. Bars and the radio. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know any of their songs when they played for the finals. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I know I can support you guys in that effort that doesn't mean I listen to the music sorry Jimmy Eat World that's tough uh, but on to uh, on to actual potential mm-hmm. owners here uh, so we've got uh, Lauren Powell Jobs here uh, also known as a woman who once went eight years without a couch or a chair despite having billions of dollars. Actual fact about her. Oh. She's the widow of Steve Jobs, but more than that, uh, she owns 20% of the Wizards and Capitals. Uh, she owns the magazine The uh, the Atlantic, and she has done a lot of charitable work. She's worth uh, an, a, an estimated $18.5 billion. Uh, she's supposedly <laughs> very interested uh, in buying this team and i think i love that one i i do too given the situation they're coming out of given her background in in charitable work and uh what she stands for it's very intriguing plus definitely has the money to to do this and and already is well aware of what happens in in ownership of sports teams being part of uh ted leontis's ownership group there in washington of those two teams uh next on the list uh, we've got yep jeff bezos you know it a man who looks like the six flags guy after a budget makeover uh he he has an estimated 165.7 billion dollars and a phallic-shaped spacecraft, which I think is problematic. I don't know why you're so obsessed with that. <laughs> well, because of like what we just came time in, I've heard it's that what today. what we just come out of with, uh, with Bobby there. Like, uh, this guy's problematic in the way he treats his employees at Amazon, or, or he did when he was, was running it. 
I think this would be problematic. Now, you're not going to get deeper pockets than Jeff Bezos. No. You may get all Suns games on Amazon Prime, but you may have to sell part of your soul uh, in terms of it as well based on his track record. Well, listen, yeah. if I if I can get it at a cheap rate, I'll watch the Suns games no matter what channel they're on. But uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, if he came in and he was like – and he and he went Steve Ballmer-like where he was like, I don't care what it costs, mm. we're going to do it, then cool. But if he comes in and he tries to run this like he's run Amazon, highly successful company, I know, but a lot of the interior problems still remain um, behind the scenes. And that's exactly what you just got out of with Sarver. So why would you go back into something um, that has the same kind of vibes? I, I just don't see the NBA signing off on that. Plus, I mean, Jeff Bezos would have more money than the, just about the entire NBA combined. Right. And think, that, that could be problematic as well. Didn't we read that somewhere where he was uh, – some NFL team was, like, talking to him about buying the team and he was like, how much for the whole league type yeah. of situation? He was, he, he's <laughs> like, interested in the Washington Commanders if that's right. Dan Snyder uh, quits uh, yeah. is removed, excuse me. Uh, and in part, he owns the Washington Post as well. Next on the list is uh, Larry Ellison, the owner of – Oracle and an AARP Iron Man. I mean, he looks like <laughs> Iron Man uh, Tony Stark if he uh, aged way too uh, too far. He he's got sixty two point five billion dollars. So another guy with lots of money. Uh, I believe he tried to get the Warriors at one point uh, too. Uh, he was interested in them uh, back before the current ownership group. So I like deep pockets, deep, very, very deep pockets. Uh, this next guy, not so much though. Bob Iger, mm -hmm. uh, former CEO of Disney and a multimillionaire with a third grade classroom style. I don't know where <laughs> this photo, this was a photo in a magazine and he's sitting there with a plastic globe and a, uh, random chair. But yeah, he has the least money of the entire group at 650 million, mm -hmm. but I bet he'd be the head of a larger group that would try, uh, yeah. try to buy it. It, it. I think that that actually isn't a bad scenario because you, you, we've seen what he's done at Disney. You saw his track record is stupendous, um, especially organizationally. So having somebody at the head of that uh, might not be the worst thing in the world. Well, not to mention he's well, uh, well acquainted with the higher-ups at uh, the NBA as he oversaw ESPN. So obviously television contracts and the bubble was at Disney World and he uh, he had a hand in that as well. And the creative the creative means to be able to navigate this new digital kind of space. We see the NFL already taking advantage of multiple platforms to be able to stream their games. Um, having somebody that has that sense to pull – um, I don't know. Maybe your game's off of a network that only shows it on one fucking channel or one subscription-based place. You know what I mean? Like, not the worst thing in the world. I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just saying Suns games are limited, and you, we would like to access them in more than just one space. Yes, and it's also worth <clears throat> noting that Sarver has the power to sell to who he wants to, so this could just come down to who offers him the most. Um Yes and no, though, because the league has to approve. The league has anybody. to approve, but the league is going to approve whoever makes them the most money. So I, I would love for it to be eager or someone because you look at some of these names and yes, they they have some problematic things about them. 
we should also bear in mind that if we're talking about billionaires, there's a good chance that all of them have something yes. Yeah, the morals aren't exactly oh, yeah. morally there. Yeah. <laughs> Eric no. Rodriguez literally said that. He's like, we need an owner with good morals. Good luck as, finding as that person. As much as I also I agree and would, would appreciate that, I don't think you'll find somebody who has more than a billion dollars who has the highest level of morals. Yeah. That's why we're rooting for Bob Iger because he only has $650 million? <laughs> Is that the way we're going to do this? Yes. And he does have a partnership with Chris Paul of some sort, if I remember correctly. I believe so about that. So, uh, and the last one, uh, Phil Knight, the co-founder of Nike and the Walmart Michael Caine. He oh, very dear. much looks like <laughs> Michael Caine in this photo. Uh, he's worth forty point eight. He played oh. Alfred in the Batman Alfred trilogy. He's in every single. Okay. okay. I, okay. Cool. I was like, dang, how many of these have you missed today? First Jimmy Eat World. Now this. He's an old British white guy. All right. Uh, oh. Um, Okay, <laughs> there you that go. explains it. Uh, Phil Knight, obviously uh, of Nike fame, has lots of money, has ties to the Valley. Actually, a, a good friend with Jerry Colangelo reported, or not reportedly, he he was and used to be around the franchise a lot uh, when Jerry owned it. Uh, older, uh, he's he's in his eighties, I believe. Which uh, I'm not sure that that's. I know he will have a lot of money, but. You probably want somebody with a long-term future, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. if you're the NBA. But those are the names that have come up so far. I'm sure there'll be others with uh, with money to burn that want to. There's been a couple those. others I've heard too, like Artie Moreno, uh, who's selling the Angels as we speak. Um, I can imagine that's a pretty lucrative deal that's going to come his way as well. Mm -hmm. He has ties to the Valley. He's a U of A guy. Um, he's also um, heavily involved in the Hispanic community, um, so that kind of you know that kind of aligns a little bit with um, like a guy like Devin Booker, who's who's embracing his Hispanic roots and getting more active in that in that community as well. So um, you know, I, I, listen, I think we're going to hear about fifty other names before yes. all is said and done. The biggest thing is, especially for 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 our fan base um, who desperately wants somebody to come in here and represent. The, the purple and, 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 and orange, the way it should be represented, they have to be all in. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm tired of owners running these, uh, these sports franchises like they're, they're a business, like they're just a, a, you know, a normal mom and pop shop or, you know, a Walmart or something like that. Too many people are too emotionally invested in things like this and you, you can't just slap them in the face for the bottom dollar. So I hope the NBA... Who's, who's done recently, they've done a pretty good job of getting owners in that understand that, you know, mm -hmm. like Steve Ballmer obviously being the latest one. So um, hopefully that happens. You know who has the best idea in the chat? Who's that? Hello. He said, forget Phil Knight. What about Bill Nye? That's a terrible <laughs> Bill idea. Nye, the Suns guy? I'm in. Let's go. Bill, Bill, Bill. Sorry. He's such a second-rate scientist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who are your first-rate scientists? Stop this. Uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Tyson is number one. Yeah, let's for go. sure. Right, let's he would go. be number one Top choice. Tier. But if we can't get him, Bill Nye is like... Two or Bill three? Nye is just a poor version of Mr. Wizard. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mr. Wizard? I do. Yeah, I do ask for one. You know what? I, I would love to see it be Lauren Powell Jobs, though, because then we would have Apple versus Microsoft when we play the Clippers. Oh, that's true. Oh, watch out. <laughs> That'd be that's fun. true. That would be fun. Watch out. All I know is that eventually we will get a new owner. 
we really have people arguing who's been the Bob best Bell. scientist yeah, in the of course. How could you argue about that? What you started. <laughs> Marky it makes Mark. The most sense. Marky Mark, Bill Nye, the Valley guy. Like that well. Oh my gosh. Uh, but we do know for sure that Herm's out and ASU has a new coach. And that you guys should come on down to Four Peaks and hang out this Saturday for our ASU tailgate. So here's the deal $50 will get you access to an all-you-can-eat buffet. And this buffet is loaded with chicken wings, nachos, pizza, barbecue grilled chicken sandwiches, pulled pork barbecue sandwiches, dessert. You're going to spend that much mm -hmm. at the game Pumpkin anyway. porter cheesecake and donut holes. Oh, hell yeah. Plus, you get two Four Peaks beers and a free ride to the stadium. And our PHNX Sun Devil guys will be out there. They've, they're going to have cornhole. They're going to have Jenga. They're going to have Connect Four. It's going to be a blast. And the icing on the cake, y'all. The first 15 people to sign up are going to receive a ticket to the game and a PHNX membership as well. Oh, so damn. if you want to get in on the action, be one of those next 15 people to sign up and you'll receive a PHNX membership and a ticket to the game. That's $150 value for just $50, you guys. So check the link in our show notes to sign up. Also a reminder, you have to be 21 or older to enjoy Four Peaks beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. A Phoenix, a, a PHNX membership costs 60 bucks anyway. Right. So you're literally saving $10 and getting all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a no-brainer if you're an ASU mm -hmm. And if if you really don't want to subject yourself to that football, you don't have to go to the game if we give you a <laughs> Stop saying Shane's, that. Shane's yelling at us. You do need to go I don't want to hear game. anything out of a U of A grad Don't let Espo bully you out of supporting your team. Uh, Congrats, who have you played? Congrats, who have you played? Better competition than you? Stop. Stop. You lost to you a don't even know what football school. is, Gerald. Stop. Don't even talk to me about football. <laughs> okay, let's talk Shane, about let's talk away. about all time records and territorial cups. Then how about yeah, that? Let's we talk have the record. It. Let's talk about it. No, nope. we do. <laughs> we have the lead. Gerald, <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? You right walk now? Into we not? That? Oh well. That's <laughs> 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 you hate to see it. Whoops. By the way, Dagoon wants to know where the we effort stand was on there. The effort was there. In football, really, y'all been trash for like two decades. Dude, now. It doesn't matter. We still. That's how. That's that's how far ahead we were. Can we cut that? Let's cut, Can we that. cut that. Yeah, we're live, Gerald. <laughs> Cutting that doesn't happen. Can we cut Can we that? Cut that? Uh, By the way, uh, Dagoon wants to know where we are at the GoFundMe. Oh, no. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. We're almost to that billion. Go to buythesuns.com and you can uh, donate. Hello, said Nine Gerald had sons. a butters moment. Eli said Gerald stepped on his own rake. <laughs> yeah, I really did. That's tough. I'm sorry, Gerald. I could have sworn they had more territorial cups, but I guess not. Yeah. You hate to see it. Okay, it's time for some screenshots presented by Arizona Department of Health Services. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. You guys, our boy Boyan, he got swooped up. He did. He got he swooped did. up by the Pistons. The Pistons of all teams. Yeah, that team hunting for a championship, the Detroit Pistons. That's so, and they did not didn't give up much. No. no. Woj tweeted out that the Detroit Pistons are finalizing a trade to acquire Utah Jazz forward Boyan Bogdanovich for Kelly Olynyk and Saban Lee. Sources tell ESPN. That's so, look. I, the fact that the Jazz did not get a first-round pick tells me one of two things. A, the Suns and other teams really were not as high on Boyan as we were led to believe. 
and B, Danny Ainge freaking loves Kelly Olynyk because like that is insane. Like, Why is it not even, Sabian Lee? Why do we think it's Kelly? Olynyk? Well, because Danny Ainge drafted Kelly yeah. Olynyk, and because I think Jazz reporters were talking about how much he loves him and is happy to have him in Utah. Which, okay, fine, whatever. He fits Utah, but that's that's kind of bizarre because a lot of people were trying to lead us to believe it was going to be two picks, and a lot of that's just posturing, obviously. But like, they didn't even get a single pick for oh. Boyan. That's kind of surprising to me what which leads me to believe the Suns were never in on it because right you know james jones doesn't care about the first round pick so that wouldn't have been uh an issue and you know that jay crowder wants out so that would have been at least part of the salary so i don't think james jones was was at the table on this one is what what i'd imagine that's that's kind of how i took this is like listen if you were really all about <laughs> Boyan. And it and it didn't work out, and you see what was given up. Then I'm just going to assume that James Jones either didn't value him, um, or I mean, I doubt he didn't get on the phone and talk about it at all. Like it, it just, I I think maybe we got hyped up about Boyan a little bit more than obviously James Jones did. Look, that's just that simple. Everybody's getting hyped up about anybody that's available right now when it comes to the Suns because they did. It amounted to nothing mm-hmm. in the offseason. That's no shade to the guys they brought in. It just wasn't anything substantial to bolster the bench, which everybody knows they need. So so names that have any recognition and talent left, you're going to gravitate towards. I don't know what is, – is James Jones just holding those assets, hoping, uh, you know, SGA, KD, one of these names well, comes up? I mean, honestly, like – Okay, so you, if you traded Jay Crowder and maybe a pick for Bojan, you get better offensively, more consistently. Uh-huh. You downgrade defensively, uh, probably more than you upgrade offensively to a degree. So, like, is it really worth it? Or should you just hold that Jay Crowder chip until you get close to the trade deadline and there's somebody else out there that you think can really move the needle for you, like a like a, um, a Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Um I would I, at this point, I, I kind of am, am on team uh, James Jones and saying, you know what, hold on to those assets until something really good comes. Because listen, the Suns don't need a marginal improvement with a guy; they need somebody that can actually be that next guy on on the pecking order next to Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Aiden, who can get a bucket when you absolutely need it. They don't have that guy yet, and they need it. Now, they might get it with Mikhail and Cam this year. Maybe their improvement, especially if Cam jumps into the starting lineup. But right now, they need somebody that's actually going to move the needle, and Bojan doesn't do that. This this does tell me we're going to talk about Jay in our burning question segment in a little bit, but it does tell me that, like you said, he's not just going to make a move to make a move. That might marginally improve them, and he's definitely not going to just dump Jay Crowder. So that tells me that, Either the situation is not as bad as maybe we've speculated that it might be with between Jay and the Suns, or he is saving that and his other trade chips for that all-in move, which might come about at the trade deadline. So I think either way, it wouldn't surprise me if you know if this roster is the way that it is right now on opening night. I just want to say this out loud. I know I was all K- Team KD, mm. um, and maybe that will still come to fruition. I don't know. But I will say I am all about Team SGA right now. All like right. I think that is the guy that the Suns need to go after to help improve this roster and really keep us in contention for years to come after Chris Paul's gone. 
Mm. I think that is the move that the that I hope James Jones is looking at because that will solidify this group shit for the next five to six years. Uh, you know, hello in the chat brought up an interesting name, uh, Buddy Healed. Not a guy that's going to you know solidify you for the next five years, but you know if you get him for the right price, I think he's an interesting scorer off the bench. Another option to actually put points up for you and Indiana's obviously looking to move him, but I'm at a point, I don't think they're going to make a move before, uh, before the regular season, Probably it, not. It, you know, unless, unless somehow like Vanderbilt with Utah or somebody Utah has it, it, the price is just so low that you're like, I almost can't pass this up. I don't think anything's going to happen. Yeah. I, I do like buddy Hill, but I think he's making around 20 mil. So you'd yes. be giving up Crowder and probably either, Another and either Shamit or Sharich and probably a pick. Oh no, don't say Shamit. But you'd have to throw in a pick, and I just don't know if losing two rotation players and a pick for Buddy Heald is worth it to pay him. If you lose Shamit, do bench. you really lose Shamit? Yeah, who's the second rotation guy in that? Just do you guys it. think there's any? <laughs> it's never too uh, early for Shamit slander. Oh boy. <laughs> anything behind the scenes, money wise, that has prevented? Because even though they came out and said they're willing to spend. Mm-hmm. go over the cap, all this stuff. Do you think that there is realistically behind the scenes struggles money-wise That's a to gr- spend? Hold on. This is no. this is a great point because when they said they were willing to spend, that was before Sarber said he was going to look to sell the team. Well, and it was also before the NBA came down with a fine and all the things, but he probably knew about that ahead of time. Yeah, I, They had probably had conversations. The NBA and Sarver himself had probably had conversations for a little while before it was released. If I'm him, I'm spiteful. And I say, don't spend another dime until but, this team sold. But they're already in the luxury tax because of DA's contract extension. So none of that. Yeah. I don't but, think. But every time you add somebody, it adds more payroll. Right. Which the new That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe after the whole DA thing went down, maybe the conversations with the league were starting to be had um, with Sarver. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's when it was, okay, I'm pulling the plug now. But you still have operational expenses you have to do. Like you can't just stop business because you're trying to save you money. You would think. But I mean, if you're plus, plus, you, and plus, petty, plus, you plus, also like, can't say those things to female employees, and that seemed to happen. Yeah, so, so, plus also, like, I understand this, but also Sarver is a businessman, and, you know, if he has an asset, let's just say they got KD. That just increases the value of the franchise by millions if, if you know, it, so why would you sacrifice that just because you're being spiteful? I, I, I hope Sarver is that spiteful, but <laughs> I'm mean, not going to put it past him. And it also, I mean, it kind of depends on what trade we're talking about, too, because some of these trades that we proposed in the past, the Suns would actually be shedding salary if they pulled mm-hmm. off. So I don't I wouldn't put much stock in in that potential thing going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I wonder. And we'll, we'll we'll talk about this in the next segment. I won't jump the gun. OK, <laughs> we're going in that direction. So. Our next AZ House screenshot comes from uh, NBA rank mm-hmm. NBA rank. Uh, the second group of players has been shared six through 10. Devin Booker has been ranked 10th this year. Yes. What are you guys thoughts on 10? And, and Chris Paul was number 21 yesterday, but obviously we had bigger fish to fry. Thank you for saying that because before the show, I said, <laughs> I haven't seen Chris Paul yeah, on this list. He can't be top five. <laughs> and Gerald this was week kind has of been a blur. Yeah. Yes. Gerald was kind enough to say, Hey, well you were in that whole blur going on. Other <laughs> shit happened. Too. Um, 
I mean, I'm I'm kind of good with it. So if you look at the list of of who's on there, Chris Paul's ahead of Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, and he's just behind Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Trey Young, Paul George, Dame, Cat, Kawhi, and James Harden. So I feel like that's kind of a good spot for him. We all saw the the little bit of regression in that Dallas series, and we wonder is that who Chris Paul is now? I personally don't think so. Um, but I, I think 21 is a good spot for him. Yeah, it makes sense for Chris Paul. I mean, this is the best it's going to get. It's just going to, he's going to move back. I don't think we're going to see him with a resurgence winding up in the top 15 in, in subsequent years, but I think he's right about where he is. For Devin, I, I think we got a new Donovan Mitchell. I think John ja Morant <laughs> is the new Donovan Mitchell where everybody's like, right. really? You're going to put him ahead of book? Is this really, you know, I, this is a guy that hasn't won as much as Book has. That used to be the argument with Book. Again, comes down to the highlights. And I think that's – but I think we're going to have this discussion a lot with Ja and, and Devin Booker. Go ahead, Gerald. Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I think – because I when we were talking about contenders or pretenders the other day, that article from Bleacher Report, I think it was, mm-hmm. and they were saying Devin Booker can make his case as a top 10 player – like he's already there. Like he was, t- he was first team All NBA, top five in MVP voting. He's Ooh, top yeah. ten here in ESPN rank. Like which obviously is not the end all be all, but like he's already made his case there. So mm-hmm. I think after the game six and game seven poor performances that he had, being in the top ten still, I think that says a lot about what people, at least at ESPN, think of him. Even though people in the comments, of course, are going crazy about how Book shouldn't be top ten. I don't. I don't have a problem with where it's ranked. I just know that that jaw book, I think you're going to see them connected a lot mm-hmm. over the next few years, the way in previous years, him and Donovan Mitchell kind of were connected to the hip in people's minds. The, the, the only difference is, is that jaw is going to get the significant advantage over book because when it was, when it was Donovan Mitchell and it was book, uh, both of them in relatively, you know, quieter markets when you consider book was playing for a team that wasn't really winning a lot. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, Donovan showed flash flashes, but nowhere near what jaw has shown highlight wise mm-hmm. across the board. So nationally, um, book is going to be behind John Morant just because of that discussion. We saw that in all-star voting. Um, mm-hmm. He was significantly ahead of, of, of Devin Booker. Now, obviously regionally, we feel a lot different, but um, I could, I could see it, nationally john morant's not devin booker's equal he's he's far surpassed that right now nike made that clear too jaw got the signature shoe before book did so. i i also have a problem with tatum being ahead of book i, I still continue to go back to that and wonder why that keeps happening he bias he made the finals last year yeah and book made the finals the year before that they still weren't putting book ahead of tatum it's a know, weird boston thing well, with tatum i don't and i don't get it like Booker had a better has him number one. I don't know why. But, oh yeah, I'm shocked. Just kidding. Like Booker had a better postseason run than Tatum did too. Like especially if you look at the finals, I I I don't get that. As I mean, as much as I would like to sit here and just dissect all of this, I'm just stoked. Books in the top ten to begin with. Like that's big for us, y'all. Like how long has it been since we've had a player in the top ten? Lindsay just wants time. to give her damn flowers, everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, it, it's annoying at certain times, but, like, at least we've made it. At yeah. least we're now having these conversations around Devin. At least people are paying attention. 
putting at least a fair amount of respect on that guy's name. Yeah, we're now like, arguing about how our filet mignon tastes rather than, yeah, than our spam. Exactly. It's all right. You know? Like, we're almost all the way there, you guys. We're in the top ten. <laughs> I mean, That's we got, big. We got a modicum of respect. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll take it. Hell, you're not mean, about that life, Saul? <laughs> Sure, sure. Sorry about that life. I want more. We lived through 10 years of shit. We, need, we deserve more. even more. Yes, but but you have to enjoy the ride. Like, we're going to get more. It's going to come. I did enjoy come. the ride until game seven last year. It's going to come. Fell but, off. Yeah, but we're but still getting good We basically things. were at the state fair and fell off the ride. <laughs> what the fuck that happened. Yeah, but we're getting a billionaire to help us out after we fell off the yeah. ride. So. Oh, all right, our final AZ Health screenshot comes courtesy of our friend Dwayne Washington Jr., who shared the latest jerseys. You mm. guys, they look really pretty. They do. Can I can I be in love with something that an inanimate object? Because I think I'm in love. Yes, <laughs> it's beautiful. I don't know Easy what to there. say to that. Easy there. Easy there. <laughs> can I? Uh, nope. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's that's I, fine. It's, it's what I hang it and put it on my wall right now. Like it's so gorgeous. It's a work of art. I've so okay. don't besmirch <laughs> this. I don't want to fight with you on day one. It's been a hard back. two weeks for Espo. Let him have this. What do you mean it's been a hard two weeks for Espo? It's just been a lot. He's gone for through two weeks without me. It's been easy. <laughs> that was emotional it's in and cake. of itself. So it's cake. I'm not a big fan of the purple jersey, so I'm just gonna say. Oh that. my god, there it is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> This man. <laughs> I mean, I prefer black jerseys over like purple too, too yeah. but they're not bad. Oh, man. They're not bad. If you guys are listening to this on audio and you haven't seen them, head on over to Dwayne Washington Jr.'s Instagram stories. They are up there and they look just as pretty as we imagined. All right. I want to tell you guys about Game Time. It is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. This is a great way to treat yourself because you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute tickets. So it's great for procrastinators. It's great for people who want to be spontaneous. Whatever your reasoning for buying last minute tickets, Game Time has your back with 60%, almost 60% off these potential tickets that you guys will buy. And if you love PHNX, then you'll love Game Time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. The cool thing about the Game Time app, too, also is like um, when you look at StubHub and like TickPick or whatever the hell the other ones are, mm. um, it's hard to see where you would be sitting, mm. like what the view would be like. On Game Time, it automatically pops up. And so you That's can actually nice. span around and see where you're going to be sitting. It's phenomenal. I've used it like at least eight times already. It's, it's so cool. I love it. I love nice. that app. Would Plus, you guys like some fun information? I'm looking at the Game Time app. Okay, I searched Suns, and it you can get a ticket to the game against the 36ers from uh, from Australia mm -hmm. for nine dollars oh. preseason. You can get a ticket to the Kings game preseason game for six dollars. Wow! A team from Australia is worth more money than the freaking Kings. All right, That's how fun. about that? That's but look at those prices. Look at those prices. Like, mm -hmm. I get it's preseason. I get it's the Kings. But you're still going to have a good time. Something you can take literally the entire family to without mm -hmm. breaking the bank. Mm -hmm. like, you can go to a regular season game against Minnesota November 1st, starting at 17 bucks. And geez. Minnesota nice. should be good. Yeah. Look it up, y'all. Game time. They got our backs. So don't forget to buy through the link in the description. We also put it 
in the chat because that's the best way to support us as well. Mm -hmm. Also, over on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, great stuff happening. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, and you're going to get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With bigger payouts than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? I mean, honestly, it's a legitimate question. We've joked about this before, but DraftKings literally wants to give you guys money. They want to help you be as successful as possible. And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. So if you have not yet, make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's really simple. Just use the promo code PHNX when you sign up. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know what I'm going to do right now? Mm. I'm going to put some money on the Wildcats to beat the Sun Devils in the Territorial Cup this year. Oh, yeah, boy. That's what I'm going to go do. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep this beef all season long, aren't we? Of course we are. We're going to keep this beef for the rest of our lives, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Gerald started it with the... I did not. You started it with your ASU quip. With Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky that he tried to throw out there. Uh, I Listen, spoke the truth. I mean, no. All I'm going to say is, uh, Eli said, I've made some money on the Jockey Sportsbook app by doing the exact opposite of what Espo says. <laughs> Our pick of the well, week you is didn't, opposite. You didn't make any money when it was Crowder Crash Club time then because I made some stinking cash on it. <laughs> yeah, but then you bounced. You ditched the Crowder Crash Club. Yeah, because you, you stopped elsewhere. making first shots. That's called good betting. Sometimes you got to pivot. <laughs> pivot? You just got to pivot. Pivot, you know? pivot, pivot. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for some burning questions. Oh, burning. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, we alluded to it earlier too in excited the show. About this We're going to talk about burning. Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. So all of these questions are kind of connected. Okay, mm -hmm. so what we'll start with first is, do you think the Suns should sign Cam Johnson to an extension now, or should they wait? Wait. Oof. I think they should wait. Till restricted I'm, free I'm not, agency I'm not, next I'm, summer? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, need to see, I need to see consistency from Cam. Like, I just do. I, I'm not paying, you know, what were we thinking about? Like $75, $80 million for Cam Johnson I right now? You're going to have to go then. You know, and like, I don't know right now, if it, based on his career, I don't think he's worth that. I just don't. Well, it's a it's a calculated gamble if you do that, obviously. But Injuries also, and inconsistency tell me he's not worth that. But you also have absolutely no clue what kind of money you're working with next offseason. This is very bizarre right now because you literally have no clue who's paying the bills, how much your budget's going to be, how much you're willing to go over the luxury tax. So I may I, I may be with Saul here. Wait, just because there's so many factors Oof. that could come into play. And if you have to over if you have to overpay him. Then next offseason, you you happily do that. I don't that think way. that the team is going to be sold really quickly. It's happening before next offseason. Guarantee it. They you said think it's going to happen in the I next six to seven months? I think it could happen in the next two to three months. They said it, it'll take a couple of months for them to figure this whole situation out, which wouldn't surprise me. I, Not even talking about that side, just the basketball side of things. If you sign Cam to a four-year deal worth 70 to $80 million right now, 
that contract's going to be a bargain because once that new TV deal kicks in in a few years, that's going to make even Devin Booker's Supermax contract look like a bargain, A. And B, if you don't sign him to an extension now and you let him become a restricted free agent next summer, someone is going to throw a lot more than a four-year $70 to $80 million deal at him. Like, I understand the injuries thing has hurt his consistency, but aside from that, He's been one of the most elite spot-up players in the league. He was second last year in spot-up points per game. He shot 44% from three after the initial 10 games where he really struggled. Um, He's an elite scorer. He proved what he can do in a starting role in those 16 starts last year. But but he's not an elite scorer. He's an elite shooter from the perimeter, but he's he's not an elite scorer. He's an elite shooter, yeah. Did I say scorer? You said scorer. He's an elite shooter, excuse me. He's an elite shooter. And you need those in the league. You need two-way wings. You need guys that can play multiple positions. I think if you sign him now, even if you're looking at other deals, his contract might be very attractive in a trade to another team if he's for you know, $15, $18 million a year. I don't let it go to restricted free agency because with DA, you knew you were basically competing your max against another team's max. With Cam Johnson, you could be competing 70 to $80 million where you want him versus like $100 million from some team that's willing to overpay if they get a chance to steal him. I, I think you save yourself some money and extend him now. I agree. I also think that you avoid any conflict as well, which is the last thing that you need if you think your window is still open. You mean conflict? Creating more drama. Look at how, I mean, granted, I understand DA's majority of it stemmed from game seven, but look at how even before last season started, how much drama was brought to that team yeah, but, about... But- not being able to reach an agreement and is there is there beef between the front office and DA like do you want to do that again but DA didn't didn't let that affect him on the court and he was professional about it the whole time so it's not like you know he was a cancer to that locker room I am not saying he was I'm just saying do you mm-hmm. want the drama at all I mean these are all professional athletes they know the deal if you don't if you're not consistent or if you're not on the court long enough and you're not producing at a high level, then like that's the business. That's the calculated gamble that the front office takes. That's the calculated gamble that you take. Like it just it is what it is. Like I, I listen. I love Cam Johnson. I think he's a, an elite shooter. I do. But I need to see more consistency from him than I have gotten in the last three years. Because if this team is going to take another uh, another step, he's got to be able to produce at a high level, especially if he gets into that starting lineup. So for me, I want to see him in that starting lineup because that's probably going to mean we're going to trade Jay Crowder. I want to see how he produces at that level, and I want to make sure more than anything that he's going to give me that consistent 14 to 18 points a game that I think is worthy of a contract like that. You know what, what hurts, though, is that you gave $44 million to Landry Shamit last year. Oh, yeah. So it was that the stupidest move the ever. Floor, it, it raised the floor on what Cam... I don't was think definitely going to start asking for. He's getting paid $10 million a year. I don't think Landry Shamit and Cam Johnson are in the same stratosphere as far as contract value. I I think if you're getting him at that 70 mark, jump at it. If he's asking for 80, 85, let it ride and figure out if he can live up to it as a starter. I, you know, I, I get that that's only a couple million a year, but I want to see it. I want to see a consistency. Like Saul said, I want to know that he can be the starter if I'm going to invest the money in him when I already know I have a massive luxury tax bill that's going to start to kick in and I don't know who's going to be my owner 
come uh, come next off season. Not, not so. only that, but like you know when we when we look at the playoffs, for instance, right? Um, I really felt really good about Cam Johnson going into last season based off of how he kind of stepped up and tried to be that that third or fourth score for the Suns in the finals. Like he, he his mid range game was on point. He was taking the ball to the basket. He got a, you know he dunked on some people like. Um, I, I felt really good. And then last year he showed flashes, obviously with the Knicks game, uh, the buzzer beater there and, and just kind of dominating in that game. But I thought he was going to take a, a, a more, a, a more consistent, um, step. And I just didn't feel like I got that from him. And then in the playoffs, I, he was okay. I mean, I can't remember one thing that I, I looked at Cam, uh, Cam Johnson was like, holy shit, he saved our ass in that game. You know what I mean? Like they needed him. And there's four games where he could have stepped up where they were getting absolutely obliterated. And in none of those games, he did he step up. So, yeah, but nobody I, I, did. Sure, sure. But we're talking about a guy that, that wants to get paid. And I, I'm talking about his productivity in the playoffs and, and just overall. And I, I want to see more than, than giving him 70 to $80 million for, you know, okay play. I mean, I get it, but like we've had two playoff runs to go off of, and then the first one he had the fourth highest true shooting percentage ever recorded in a playoff run. Like that's that's pretty good for a guy in his first playoff run. And last year he still put up eleven points, shot thirty seven percent from three. It wasn't as good as his regular season, but few guys' numbers are when you get into heated playoff battles. I I, I get the injury concern because he has been banged up off and on, and that's been the thing that's hurt. His consistency, we saw it after the Knicks game. He wasn't quite the same down the stretch of the regular season. But like when he's been healthy, he's been very consistent. He's been an elite shooter. He's been a good scorer. And I do think the leap that we were kind of hoping he would make last year was hindered by A, injuries, and B, the yeah. fact that he was still coming off the bench. Be besi well, besides it was like a mix of off the bench, then starting, then off the bench, then starting too. Do you think consistency gets better if he's consistent in a legitimate role in the starting unit? I think so. Well, yeah, Ooh, that's the gamble. You're, you're. you're I, I would to like see. to think yes. I mean, I again, like, I just, I, I want to see more. I, I just do. I it okay. Again, if I know you're committed to paying whatever it takes, and that the luxury tax isn't going to be an issue for the new owner, then yeah, I'm like, okay, pay the money because you know he can be an integral part of what you're doing, and it won't prohibit you from adding additional pieces. I don't know that answer right now. You hope that's the answer moving forward. We don't know it. So making a financial gamble like that now that could hamstring you next offseason because of what you don't but know, that concerns The other part of this is like, you know, Gerald talks about the, the shooting percentage, and he is an elite shooter. I'm not taking that away from him. Mm -hmm. He should have been in the three-point contest. Like, mm -hmm. we know this about Cam Johnson. Um, but that elite shooting uh, in, in this respect also comes off of the development and the play of others um, and so when you look at like Mikhail Bridges, for instance, he gets a four year, I think what was a $90 million contract. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mikhail Bridges by himself without anybody else's help is an elite defender at a very, very high level. So you're talking about paying $10 million less potentially for a Cam Johnson who, who is an elite shooter, but is okay at everything else. Like that's what, that's where I'm like, okay, is that $10 million difference worth it? And I don't know if it is right now. I need to see more consistency from Cam Johnson. I need to see something more than just, okay, I can shoot the three ball. Well, I need you to be able to give me something when I need it the most from time to time, because old man river pulling the fucking ball up the court uh, this year, isn't going to get it done. Devin Booker can only do so much. You don't know what you're going to get from DA. And Mikhail was MIA in the playoffs in terms of offense. So, 
Cam Johnson's going to have to be that other dude. Can I see that a little bit more consistently? That's all I'm asking. I think if you don't extend him, your mate, you're going to cost yourself even more money later on down the road. Because if he is starting, like we all kind of think that he should, he's going to prove, like he's going to put up numbers. He's going to make himself more attractive to free agency teams that are going to make a bigger offer than what the Suns are aiming for. I, I, I feel like you look around the league, you look at wings and their contracts, it's in the same 15 to $20 million a year range. Like if he's an elite shooter, if he's still only 26 years old, like even if he has topped out now as a guy that's just a really good shooter and a competent defender, that's still worth paying for. You got to pay to keep teams together. And with the way that the TV contract is going to drastically raise the salary cap, it's not going to matter in a couple of years. Like really, it's a couple of rough seasons and luxury tax. And then it's smooth sailing. Okay, next burning question. Should the Suns move Jay Crowder before the start of the season? Yes. If available, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he obviously is frustrated. There's rumors that there was a trade demand this summer. Get rid of a guy that could be a malcontent. Like at this point, you've dealt with enough in, in since that Mavs loss. If he doesn't want to be here, give him his wish. I'm going to say no. I, I feel like if he doesn't want to be here, like, what are you going to get out of him? You shouldn't just dump a guy. Unless he is really dead set on being a malcontent, which we don't really know the extent of that, you're dumping a guy who you're not going to get a first-round pick from him. Like, some other team is going to look at him as like, yeah, he could help our playoff rotation, but we're not going to give up a first-round pick for a 34-year-old Jay Crowder. Like, I, I feel like he's the guy that you save for a big trade if it comes along but like just dumping him to dump him, I've never been on board with that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna say this right now. Jay Crowder, dude, suck it up. Like, seriously, man. Like, you've been so wildly inconsistent on offense for the la basically the last two years. We never know what the fuck we're gonna get from you on the court on offense. It's it's like it's definitely the version of a box of chocolates. You don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Defensively, been solid, intangibles are off the charts. We all know that. But again, like, bro, you were a sixth man now and demanding a trade. Fuck out of here with that, man. I'm not even trying to hear that. We're going to save him for the best asset we possibly can get. I don't think you trade him before next week if you're not going to get anything worth, you know, worth a damn in return. But doesn't Jay Crowder, if you can get a pick? That's a big if. Mm. That pick's a better asset in a future trade than Jay Crowder's expiring contract. Yes. Uh, I mean, it, it gives you one less option in terms of salary that you can – build but yeah i i get that a first round if you can and if he really is upset and has demanded a trade and wants out then i get that you plug cam johnson in the starting lineup and you hope you get a player who can at least play rotation minutes on, but, my, on miami a team that views themselves as a as a win now team that needs a, a veteran piece like that uh and has a similar mindset to james jones about draft picks would not surprise me. But the Suns are in win now mode too. And so you're tra you're trading an asset and you're getting nothing in return that's going to help you on the court right now. You're waiting for something to pay off potentially in another trade that you might be able to 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 fish that for sure, but um if we're talking about tangibly what we're going to get in return right now with, you know, again, like the oldest point guard in the league, you need assets now. You can't wait for 2 years. In a perfect world, Utah is the place you go and you get that asset using Jay's salary. I just don't know that that's going to happen. I would rather keep Jay than trade for Jordan Clarkson. I'll be completely honest, but I'm still on the Mike Conley. 
just let's bring in all the old point guards. Okay, so if the Suns do not move Jay Crowder before the start of the season, should Cam start over him? Yes. 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 Uh, I'm going to say it depends on the situation with Jay. What? I will say this, because if you are keeping Jay, you need someone to score off the bench. You don't have a point guard that you can rely on with campaign. You need someone off the bench. And if you are benching Jay and starting Cam and you're going to trade Jay later, isn't that hurting his trade value a little bit? Send his ass to the Wolves, man. If Jay Crowder <laughs> thinks he's the fucking man, let his ass carry the bench for a little bit and see how that shit goes. Like, like don't get we'll me wrong. Ship your ass off to fucking Detroit. Don't get me wrong. I am all aboard team start Cam. I think Cam should be starting in a nutshell. But, like, you have to bear in mind the situation with Jay because if you are benching Jay, you're hurting his trade value. And you're probably brewing more malcontent. I think so, that is something but, that needs so to be So you just made the argument to trade him before the season right there because you're going to start a guy if, that shouldn't I'm start. if because don't, we don't know the extent of the situation. The, the question was if they Monday. do not trade him. Right. So the question was him. if they do not trade him, should Cam start over Jay? And Gerald brought us to our fourth question. If the answer is yes, does that hurt Jay's trade value? Yes, but you're... You should not be making decisions about your starting lineup based on, am I going to hurt Jay Crowder's trade value? You should be looking at it going, am I going to win more basketball I, games if I make this move? I don't think it hurts Jay Crowder's trade value, to be yeah, honest. Whether he's a starter or coming off the bench, he's still the same fucking player. Like, he's still a good defender. He's still a good intangible basketball player. That's all he's ever been. Like, so I don't think it, it really hurts his trade value. So he comes out and averages three points a game. Who gives a shit? He's doing all those other things that that's why you bring him onto your team. Like a team like Miami doesn't need Jay Crowder's points. They need his defense. And so, like, I, I wouldn't be worried about the trade value because what I'm trying to do, to Gerald's point, what we just talked about a little bit, is I need to see what the fuck Cam Johnson's all about. Mm -hmm. And if I'm never going to find that out, if he's consistently surrounded by bums on the second unit, I need to put him with the starters and see if he can thrive and take us to another level. So that way I know, okay, well, yeah, he's we should have probably paid him 70 or $80 million instead of paying him the 100 that we're going to have to pay him now because he's elite. So... That's where I'm at. I get it. And I, I think I would, I, like I said, I would prefer that they're starting Cam this season, but there's a lot more that, and it's not just like Jay Crowder's trade value. It is the bench problem too, because right now this team is relying on Dario Saric, who is coming off two injuries to revive campaign's value Landry, to have me. anything off the bench. Like it's not, nobody on the bench right now is reliable except for Cam Johnson. If you swap him with Jay, that I that might be one of the worst second units in the league then. Which is the biggest problem of them all. Campaign is elite. James Jones needs to fix the bench. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where we are. Hopefully Jay yeah. can be a piece of that to help. I've said fix it before, but I think Trade. if you don't start Cam, you're doing a disservice to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you you're holding him back for what his potential could be. You're not allowing him to find that consistency that we've talked about on this show multiple times. Like at some point in time, you have to say, this is this is your shot, and uh, and let us see what we actually have. Mm -hmm. And then we know for sure, okay, Cam's it, or Cam ain't it. One, one way or the other, though, you're not going to know until you actually put him in that position. Mm -hmm. Does it hurt the bench? Yeah, absolutely, because who's going to score consistently off the bench right now? But do, but I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a pickle. 
I it's love our I love our burning questions, but uh, Shane and Sean are burning holes in us because I think the fantasy yeah, show we that Amon needs time. to get here, so we should probably uh, wrap this shit show up. The shit, yeah, <laughs> wrap the shit okay. up. Wrap the shit up. Well, those are your burning questions for today. We'll be back tomorrow with some more burning questions. Burning. I do want to remind you guys um, that our friends over at OGs did do something that's really cool. It's a total game changer. Hopefully, like Cam Johnson in the starting unit will be. They just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy, and oh, you won't yeah. want to sleep on these. Max made me say that, by the way. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, you heard that right. OGs is now flavoring dreams with a 2 to 1 THC CBN ratio gummy. CBN is a compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep, which is key for a good night's rest. And this sleep edition gummy is in their new aqua berry flavor, which Saul and I tried and is quite tasty. Mm -hmm. So we highly recommend you guys check out OGs <laughs> online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. But you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Was it good? Did it help? Hell yeah, it helped. Like I, I, sleep? I don't remember six hours in the middle of the night. So usually my my stupid, my <laughs> I love my dog, but he's also just the biggest pain in the ass. Mm. Um, always likes to lick himself, and it's like obnoxious. <laughs> and you didn't remember it. It's like obnoxiously <laughs> loud, and I can't even freaking like I hear it. It wakes you up, and it wakes me up yeah. every single time. I'm like, bro, would you shut the hell up? Last night didn't hear a single lick. Maybe you should give him. Maybe you should give him one, too. Yeah. Oh. Easy there, Espo. Easy yeah. there, Espo. That's, uh, that's animal cruelty there, Espo. And I do one more time. That's OGs, OGsbrands.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. We will see you tomorrow for some fun on a Friday afternoon. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Oh, thank God it's one day to vacation for me. Ahoy, hoy. 